The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Another topic that I'm fascinated uh, in this afternoon, bionic limbs, prosthetics, and the use of artificial intelligence. Work is being done right here in Edmonton on this front, and we're joined by one of the people involved front and center in it. Adam Parker is a PhD student at the University of Alberta, uh, working at the Blink Lab. Hi, Adam. Hello. Well, thanks for joining me this afternoon. So tell me, first off, what is the Blink Lab? Blink stands for Bionic Limbs for Improved Natural Control. Okay. We have a very interdisciplinary team of students and postdocs who come in and kind of look at all things to do with prosthetics, largely looking at feedback, but a little bit in control. Why did you get involved in this? What what drew you to this to this work? It's not the trajectory I'd initially (laughs) planned on taking academically. When I was in my first year at the U of A. I was already a bit of a veteran student from Sate and Nate, both, okay. and I knew what I wanted to do was research. Yeah. And I was, they have a very active undergraduate research community, and I went to some talks that they put on, and one of the people who spoke is Dr. Patrick Polarski, who is currently my professor, and what he was doing was fascinating, so I did some work with him in the summers, and everything just kind of grew out of that. Now, it's been, you've been working on this for years now, in, yes. in, in the Blink Lab for years now. I have been, yes. Okay, and like, we're talking three, four years now? Uh, I did five years in my undergrad <laughs> every single summer, and I'm wow. just starting my third year of my PhD. So, when you, when you look at this uh, as well, um, you've been working with building a robust robotic prosthetic arm. Mm-hmm. How is that different than the prosthetic arms that we see out there right now? Probably the most common prosthetic limbs that you'd see out and about, especially for upper body yep. arms and whatnot, would be physical systems, which are driven by cables. Often they have a hook that goes across the other shoulder and they shrug and their other arm assists in the one arm happening. In the Blink Lab, we're looking a lot we're, we're looking at helping feedback with those a little bit, but we're looking a lot at more robotic systems that use servos and gear motors and electrical signals and computation. And, and so how would that help um, the amputee? Right now, it doesn't as much as we feel like it should. Okay. And that's part of the reason we're doing a lot of this sort of research. The fancy robot arms are often very <laughs> clumsy and hard to control, and there's no awareness of them like amputees get with physical systems. But there are a lot of signals by virtue of the fact that it's electrical. Mm. So there's we there's all of those servos that we can hook into and we can get positions and velocities and those kinds of things out of it. And how hard you're gripping onto something mm-hmm. is a lot easier to get because you can read how much force the servos are putting on things. So there's a lot of information that we can use to improve the lives of amputees down the road, and we're looking a lot at how we can do that. And having having said that, though, and I mean, you, you feel you want it to be more than it is right now, but you're working very closely with amputees as well. We have a lot of amputees that come in and assist us in the mostly in the other thing that we do in the lab, which is getting ways of determining if what we're doing is actually helping the amputees with things in day-to-day tasks. So outcome measures. Is this actually doing better than this for the amputee? Hmm. Interesting. You know, a friend of mine, I was at a conference not too long ago, and he's a double amputee. Um, His right and left leg. He was hit by a train in a a workplace accident years ago. Um, And, you know, watching him with his uh, his prosthetic arm was was quite fascinating. But then I start seeing stuff on, on documentaries. I don't know, maybe it's 60 Minutes or whatever it is. And you start to see how far 
more things are, are coming and you wonder what's next. And I had asked you off the air and I'm going to ask you again. Do you think that there, there will come a time when, you know, those arms and everything can just be used by thinking? There's a lot of really cool work that's being done in using brain signals and nervous signals to control these arms. With my interest in machine learning, my view is a little bit different okay. than that, perhaps, okay. especially because I have an interest in communication. I'm looking at trying to find ways to build a partnership between an intelligent robot and the person that it has to live with. Because you're telling me that robots can learn. Yes, we can, <laughs> in a often very limited, very specific, very hand-tuned sorts of mm. ways, we can set them up to learn things in, well, there's lots of different ways we can do that. So, for, for instance, um, Ella, the autonomous vehicle out in Beaumont, I went, when, when that kind of went online, I was talking to them about how Ella is learning, and they said, well, because she's a machine and using artificial intelligence, um, all the information that is constantly coming into her, you know, through the dashboard, whatever it is, she can learn from it, the vehicle can learn from it, learn from it, so it will learn to adjust as well based on all this data coming in. Is that kind of the same sort of thing? Yeah. One of the great things about machine intelligence is they have a tremendous capacity to process data because they can just take in everything we can give them and try and use yeah. this in order to learn something. In rehabilitation specifically, I feel one of the greatest strengths is the ability for a system to adapt and learn over time with an individual. In rehabilitation, there's a big interest in patient-specific solutions to problems. What does this patient need to accomplish what they want to with their life? Mm -hmm. And with machine learning and the research that we're doing with it, I'm hoping to be able to come up with help so that default solutions can be sent home with patients, cookie cutter things that can then be get an in artificial intelligence yeah. to help tune them to that individual. Adam, what kind of um, collaboration do you have maybe with some of the rehab? I think you we work closely with the Glen Rose, don't you? Yes, the okay. Blink Lab has a lot of really close ties with the Glen Rose Clinic. One of the professors in the lab is there two or three times a week wow. working with amputees um, and I think other things. And one of our main engineers in the lab spends a lot of time at the Glen Rose doing prosthetics engineering. You know, it's, it's fascinating. I'm so glad that we're doing the show today because I'm learning so many things about um, about technology innovation in in Edmonton. I didn't know about the Blink Lab until we started talking, until I started reading about this yesterday, and I find uh, the work that you're doing uh, absolutely fascinating with it. What do you think about the future of robotics? Where do you think the future of robotics, machine learning, AI is is headed? What what do you think's next? Because I think, well, to be honest with you, and let me just say this, I think that some of us have watched too many movies from like, I don't know, 20 or 25 years ago where they take over the world and, and I'm freaked out by it just a little bit. That definitely comes up in a lot of these sorts of <laughs> conversations. And I think that serves to highlight the importance of this sort of view of learning to communicate with the upcoming mm. robotic and machine intelligences so that there's transparency in the interaction so that we can develop actual collaboration between us and mm. the machines that we're developing. Adam, what would you consider to be a success in the work that you're doing long run? What would be the goal of all of this work that you've been doing for so many years at the Blink Lab? A success for me would be if, while working with a patient in some of the experiments at some point, there's, I'm good, there's going to be an increasing need to talk to the patients about how they, what they think about what we've done and how they feel about it. Mm -hmm. And if when talking to a patient, they say... They use words around the arm like my arm was this as opposed to the arm mm -hmm. or the robot. Mm -hmm. That would be a big 
big win in my books. Wow, you know what? Uh, fascinating work. Thank you for doing the work that you're doing and thank you for um, you know, leading leading it on this one and, and, and your team here. Uh, it's absolutely fascinating. Adam Parker joining me this afternoon. It says Robot Relations. I love, is that actually on your business card? That's actually on the name tag that I wear in the lab <laughs> when we have tours come through, yeah. Robot Relations and PhD student at University of Alberta, Blink Lab, the Faculty of Rehabilitation Medicine. Thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, that is Adam Parker.